Welcome to Podcast 360, powered by the Podcast Academy. In three questions answered in 60 seconds each, you'll experience a 360-degree view of podcasting and the people who are building out the industry. Company founders will take turns sitting in the seat of both guest and host, creating a chain of podcast knowledge and perspective. These conversations are going to get down to business quickly. Each host will ask their guest three questions and they will have 60 seconds to answer each one. You'll hear the timer counting down their final 15 seconds. At the end, the guest will choose a topic to revisit and dig into a little deeper. Let's meet our experts. Today's host is... Hi, I'm Martina Castro, founder and CEO of Adonde Media. In case you missed my episode last week, I was interviewed by Jenna Weiss-Berman, co-founder of Pineapple Street. So give that a listen if you haven't already. And who's in the hot seat as today's guest? My seat is very hot, and my name is Eric Newsom. I'm the co-founder of Magnificent Noise, which is a consulting and production company based in New York City. Before we dig in, we ask our guests to lay out two truths and a lie. Our host will guess which is the lie. We'll find out the answer together at the end of the conversation. But our host will have an opportunity to change their answer based on what they learn from our guest. Or they can stick with their first intuition. Eric, thank you so much mm-hmm. for joining me on I our podcast. I am humbled and honored. <laughs> it's fun because I know you a little bit. Obviously, I think a lot of people know you uh, through all of the panels and talks and your books and your newsletter, which I'm an avid reader of. Um, But we actually have had a a chance to like touch base as business owners, as uh, both fellow Mm -hmm. founders of independent production houses. And I just Mm -hmm. loved that conversation so much. I was like, oh, if I have a chance to talk to him again, I'm going to do it. But I'm a little nervous because I don't know you well enough to guess what the answers to these things are going to be. So let's see. You know, are you ready for this uh, two truths and a lie game? I think I am. Should I fire? Yes, please. Go ahead. Okay. Statement number one is I once recorded an interview mid-air on the Goodyear blimp. Statement number two, the first time I ever appeared on NPR's All Things Considered, I was with 200 high school cheerleaders and me. Oh, my God. That's a very specific, if that's made up. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> and it is. See how fast you are Googling. And the third statement is, I have a very large collection of EVP recordings, which stands for electronic voice phenomenon, which is the sound capturing ghosts on tape. Oh, wow. You're good. You really wanted to trick me, didn't you? Yeah, I tested <laughs> these on my wife, and she's like, no one's ever going to be able to guess. This. Yeah. Okay, then it's just going to be like a basically a guess. But I'm going to guess that the first one is the lie. But you're not allowed to reveal. We're going to reveal it at the end for our audience. They can I, – I, I doubt my questions are going to reveal these answers. I'm just going to put that out there. But who knows? We'll see. Let's, let's, let's get to the heart of it. So now I'm going to ask you three questions. You're only going to have 60 seconds. This is the hardest part is you're only going to have 60 seconds to answer each of them. And after that, we're going to pick one of the subjects we covered to explore it more deeply so you can elaborate some thoughts that you might want to share. This was so hard to prepare for, Eric, because I want to talk to you about so many things. And I feel like Mm -hmm. you've gotten all the questions under the sun. You get to talk about so many things. So I'm going to do my best. I hope that these are interesting to you. 
Um, I'm sure they will. But anyway, here we go. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. Question one. Business owner to business owner. Founder to founder. Mm-hmm. Okay. This year sucked. And it hasn't even, it's not even over yet. And I'm like, I was hoping for like a, like a change that I'm no longer waiting for. I'm just kind of like now hunkering down just to make it to 2024. Like who knows what's going to happen in Q4. So what's interesting, I've been, obviously I've been reading your, your newsletter, The Audio Insurgent. Everybody should go sign up right now. It's really, really good. And you've talked a lot about the industry at large, like, oh, 2023, yeah, it's a bad year, but we've had bad years and like sort of what is up for the industry. But I want to hear your perspective as a business owner. What has this been like for you as an entrepreneur, as a founder, as a person who manages people, who has to take care of jobs? Like, help me that's, feel less alone. And I guess the timer's about to start. <laughs> it's a great question. I would say that it's very easy to make predictions about an industry. It is much harder to see things up close. And one of the things I, th- I tell people makes me a good consultant is I don't have, I don't have the perspective of being in it every day. I see it very clearly from the outside. And I think that it's been a scary year. I think that's the best way to describe it because there's been so much unknown, so much shifting. It reminds me a lot of the first year of the pandemic when yeah. actually that was scarier to me than this. We saw this coming. We know this has been coming for a while. So we kind of planned for it. And I think the first half of 2023 was dealing with the reality of, yes, this is what we, this is the case scenario we, maybe not worst case, but pretty much worst case scenario we thought was coming. And the second half of 2023, knock on wood, uh, has been grateful that we listened to ourselves and feeling much more calm and focused now because we made the choices we did before. Awesome. I'm so glad. I'm, I mean, we're here we are. We're still standing. Mm-hmm. Magnificent Noise is still around. Adonde is still around. Hopefully... Things start turning around. And I, I, I'm i with you. I mean, I've seen things shift, which is really, yeah. really promising. I just can't tell how and fast. And it's not like the bad is over. Right. Like, we're, we're like right. smooth sailing. But that feeling of like, where is the bottom of this mm. doesn't seem to be occupied mm. as much of my thoughts. I'm so glad to hear you say that. You know, I really think of you as like just a person who has just seen it all. And we both come from public radio backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And so we both have like this service-oriented Right. approach to our jobs, even though we are in the for-profit world now. Um, mm-hmm. And I love reading your newsletter because you just say so many of the things that are true to the way I want to lead and I want to run my business, which is... Well, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. So I, my second question goes to something you brought up in, I think, the last uh, dispatch, which was about making exquisite things and just being super detail-oriented and in service of your listener. And I just loved it so much. And you you, you cited this scene from the TV show Bear, the, the Bear. I, I've been wanting to get into it, but I haven't gotten into season two yet. But you, season you make, two is is the reason to watch it. Uh, that, that, season that's one what everybody says. Good. Okay, I got season get into two it. is transcendent television. I said like I told someone that the only reason to watch season one is to get to season oh, two. Okay, that's it. I'm convinced. Got to go back. Um, but as I was reading it, I'll be honest. I was like, how? Who pays for that? Like I wish right. I had the time <laughs> to do that exquisite work. So my question: Is there a business model for making that exquisite work? And you know, hmm. what would you say to builders who have that farmer voice in them that wish that they could make it, but make it without going broke? That's a great question. And I think in order to answer it, you have to accept that there are multiple definitions of exquisite. 
Exquisite can mean with custom sound design and scoring. Every interview, you spend five hours editing every single you know, section of, of something, and it just takes weeks and weeks and weeks of work. I am a subscriber to the belief that you can set standards in all kinds of ways, and that even if you're doing a simple two-way that you're knocking out for a weekly show and you've got just a couple hours to work on that episode, you can still devote yourself to, like, I have this number of hours to work on this conversation to get this episode out. And I'm going to make every second count. I'm going to make every moment important. I'm going to make sure everything that if I have four hours or three hours or two hours or a day or whatever it is, that I'm going to make the most of that thing. I'm going to get done more in that day than anybody else would think possible. And if you set that as your mark, then you're still able to exceed your expectations and everyone else's too. Okay, final question. Podcast 360 will be right back after a quick break and a word from our sponsors. And now, back to Podcast 360. Given that you get to talk a lot about the industry, that people ask you a lot of questions, you you really, I love that you have found time in your schedule. I really don't know how you do it, but time (laughs) to write the audio insurgent for all of us, but also for yourself, Mm -hmm. because it's so great that you've set this bar for yourself to really be on top of and thinking a lot about what's happening, Mm -hmm. that I wanted to use this question to turn the table around and ask you, what is something that you think you don't get asked enough or that you don't get to talk about enough? And if you don't have an answer to that, I have another leading topic because I can tell you what I would say uh, if you can't think Uh, of anything. (laughs) I want to hear what you would say. What I don't get asked enough is... This is an honest answer because it really does impact everything. It's rarely when I'm consulting with companies, they want to talk about their portfolio. They want to talk about their audience. They want to talk about engagement. They want to talk about the business of what they're doing or how to reverse engineer business into the decisions they're making as to what to do and what not to do. Rarely do I get conversations about what I think is the most important thing, which is something you just alluded to, which is the importance of being a good leader. Like, how can we be a good leader to this group of people? Mm. We just hired all these people to make podcasts for us. We've engaged all these contractors or all these companies. How can I be a good leader to these people? And I don't know if I necessarily have like, oh, I don't have as easy as an answer I would about CPM rates or portfolio theory, but there's a lot to being a good leader that gets really ignored. And I think that... Many organizations suffer deeply because of that lack of emphasis on training people how to be leaders. Amen. Amen. It's actually kind of in line with what I was gonna, I was going to say something about work-life balance. Like mm-hmm. I think we don't talk enough about how we're going to create environments for our teams that they're going to love showing up at work and love shutting off and and leading good healthy lives so that yeah. we don't burn out. Um, yeah, I, I, both Jesse and I are terrible role models for that. <laughs> oh, no. um, but we're pretty insistent on our teams that they do have that. I, I, I take a lot of exception when I hear people describing work as a family. Um, I, I, I think Same. it's a terrible thing. Same. And I think it, it's just used as a kind of a cloak or cover for making people accept work terms that are not in their best interests. Yeah, you have a family. Right, right. You, yeah, it's I, not. I, I like, it's at home. It's awfully dysfunctional, <laughs> but I do think of this more like a team. Yeah, and I, I don't use that term lightly. I mean, people get on a team because of their talent. They stay on a team because of their talent. 
you make an investment into getting their top performance, which is everything from training them with the brightest minds to giving them a back rub, not you giving them a back rub, but them giving them a back rub to just like taking care of them as a person. And that's how you get the ideal performance out of that person. And thinking of a team, a team as a literal team and you cast roles and you think what these people support, you give it to them. And you've included that in your calculus as to how to make things is, oh, we need to have you know, this, this kind of team building exercise, or I need to buy some training for people, or I need to spend some of my time with teaching something, someone that they could probably learn on their own. And there was a time in my life where I was very much like, hey, Pro Tools, get a license on Friday, come back on Monday, you're going to know how to use it. And that's not the world I want to occupy anymore. Right. Of like, I can teach them because I had to struggle through that. And I definitely don't expect them to spend their weekend learning how to do a work skill. So yeah. I don't know where we started, no, but that's where we landed. I think it goes to the heart of yeah, what you said about being a yeah. leader, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's so important. I mean, it gets, it gets to the heart of culture, work culture. Mm-hmm. What kind of culture do you want to have at your company? How are you going to make sure people are going to want to keep working for you? There we go. Okay. I doubt we have time to dig into any other topics because we just <laughs> dug into a bunch of them. So let's get to the answer of the two truths and a lie. Let's see if I am going to change my answer. Let me think. Okay, let's recap. So real quickly, yeah, recap. recap. One is I recorded an interview midair on the Goodyear Blimp. The second one was the first time I was on NPR's All Things Considered was me and a group of 200 high school cheerleaders. And the third one is I have a large collection of EVP recordings, which is the sounds of ghosts captured on a recording. Okay, I'm changing my answer. I'm changing okay. my answer. I'm going with the cheerleaders. I feel like that's that's the lie. Is that your final answer? It's my final answer, but I know that you said that because it's not true, but it's fine. I'm going to stick with it. I feel like I can't, I I don't know why, but for some reason I can't imagine that moment, but I feel like you would have these weird ass recordings. Like that just sounds like something you would do because I think you love audio and weird things. And then the Goodyear blimp. I mean, you know, I originally said the Goodyear blimp one because it's like, that, what, what is that? What interview would that be? But um, eh. yeah, let me let me stick with cheerleaders. Okay, so I will tell you that my beginning of my radio career was at a station in Kent, Ohio, which is next to Akron, Ohio, which is the which is the uh, headquarters or historic headquarters of Goodyear Tire and Rubber, where my <laughs> grandparents met. And so I wrote on the Goodyear blimp yes! and uh, recorded it and conducted an interview up there because oh, during so a fun drive, my radio station gave away a ride on the blimp. And I said, well, if we're going to give away a ride on the blimp, I have to go on the blimp and t- ask people of course. what it's like to ride on the blimp. Of course. It's much louder than you think it is. <laughs> uh, the second thing is if you go to Google right now and you Google Eric Newsom NPR cheerleader camp, you will find a piece I did in 2004. No way. Where I, when I worked at this radio station, I, I think it was 2004, 2002 or something before 2000, before the end of 2004 when I went to NPR. I had an office uh, in the radio station and across the parking lot was a bunch of dormitories at Kent State University. And during the summer, they held cheerleader camps there and they were cheerleading over the hill hundreds of them and my window was open and I could hear them all day wow. cheering and so I just one day I grabbed a recorder and a shotgun mic and I went over the hill and I walked over the hill and there's hundreds of cheerleaders and they all stopped cheering and looked at me and I said hi I'm Eric from the radio station across the street could I just record you doing cheers oh and so I they mean, did a bunch of cheers for me it's the best including audio. cheering my name which was <laughs> fucking awesome uh <laughs> And uh, the third is the lie, actually. Yeah, the, okay. the the EVP reporting is a lie because I um, but but because you don't believe lie. in ghosts. 
Uh, well, you know, I wrote a book in, uh, <laughs> I've written four books, and I wrote one that was half memoir and half of, of when I was a freshman in college and uh, half of me searching the country for evidence of ghosts. Oh, wow. So it's not, it and wouldn't so it, have been weird it, for me to believe that. It wouldn't have been weird because uh, a number of people know that I've written this book. Oh, uh, it, it's called uh, uh, Giving Up the Ghost. Uh-huh. And it's a, uh, I was deathly scared of um, ghosts uh, oh. as a child. And, and this series of events happened when I was a freshman that I'm not going to spoil it. But I decided that part of facing this fear was to actually go and confront it. And I went everywhere and everywhere I went, everyone wanted to do EVP recordings. So I had a bunch of recording equipment with me, obviously, because I recorded every interview I went on, for, even for my book. And hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of recording and not a single Nothing. thing. Well, I guess people are just going to have to read your book to understand how things turned out um, in, in the non-recording land. But interesting <laughs> that the audio recordings didn't prove to be fruitful. Um, did it did it make you get over your fear? Or Oddly, yes. Yes, it did. Okay. Oddly, yes. Okay. And well, now good. every once in a while, someone will say, "Hey, we're going to go this ghost hunt. You want to come with us?" I'm like, "Sure." sure and why I not? go along, and and uh, <laughs> and they get terrified, and I'm just like, yeah, "That's this is not bad." See, exposure therapy. Worse. That it works. Yeah, no, it works. That's what it was. That was the idea behind the whole thing. Is just force yourself to get. I did it. I did an article for Washingtonian magazine, which has uh, an Omni Shoreham Hotel in D.C. has a haunted ghost suite. It's actually written on the door, a plaque that says Ghost Suite on it. And I talked the hotel into letting me spend two nights there. Um, one night I spent by myself. Uh, and the next night I brought in a ghost busting team with me. And they, we spent the whole night in there trying I to. I love were, this. It was, it was very This is like a comical. movie. Yeah, it was very comical. <laughs> and, and so on the basis of that piece I did for Washingtonian, someone offered me a, a book contract. Oh, so, oh I'm going to yeah. have to go look it up. Well, yeah. Eric, thank you for sharing your time and thoughts with us and being part of Podcast 360. For our listeners, if you've enjoyed this time with Eric, look at me being so hosty. See, I go right into my host voice. I can't help it. Can't help it. I'm loving it. Keep it going. It just, it just, it's like a, it's a second sense. Like at this point, it just goes, I go right into it. For our listeners, if you've enjoyed this time with Eric, you can find him sitting in the host chair on next week's episode where he'll get the chance to interview another founder, Eric. Can you please let our listeners know where they can find you, your company, your projects, or any other shout-outs you'd like to give? Well, my company is at MagnificentNoise.com. I'm at EricNewsom.com, N-U-Z-U-M. And my newsletter, which you were so kind to talk about in the beginning, is a great way to kind of follow along with what I'm doing in the world. And that's uh, at AudioInsurgent.com. Perfect. Thank you for listening to Podcast 360, where you experience a 360-degree view of podcasting. Special thanks to the Podcast Academy and DCP Entertainment. Follow us on social media at The Ambies and at DCP Official on Instagram. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode.